I'm Robert Cheek from Vegan Strong, and I am with SoFlow Vegans. Welcome back to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. On this episode, we're excited to bring you our conversation with Robert Sheik. He's considered by many to be the godfather of vegan bodybuilding, in addition to being a serial entrepreneur, compassionate vegan, and author of several books, including his latest, The Plant-Based Athlete. After listening to our conversation, be sure to tune in to our spotlight featuring local South Florida vegan restaurant, Plant Theory Creative Cuisine. At the end of the show, we'll fill you in on what's happening with our community and how you can get involved no matter where you live in the world. So with all that being said, check out our interview with Robert Sheik on the SoFlo Vegans podcast. Welcome to the SoFlo Vegans podcast. Today we have an amazing guest. I know I say that all the time, but I truly mean it each and every time. We have Robert Sheik, who is known as the godfather of vegan bodybuilding, a best-selling author, and so much more. We get to talk about his journey, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Great to be here with you today. So one of the things we like to hear from all of our guests, because I'm a huge superhero fan, and one of the cool things about a superhero is finding out their origin story. So what is Robert Sheik's origin story? How did you become plant-based? How did you become vegan? Let us know all of the details. That's funny you mentioned superhero uh, origin because it was actually people or cartoons like He-Man and Captain Planet that, that inspired me to want to get bigger and stronger in the first place. But really... You know, my for my real story, uh, although that was part of my real story, by the way, I really looked up to those cartoon muscular superheroes and one day wanted to get bigger and stronger like them and make a difference in the world around me. But for me, I grew up on a farm in Western Oregon and I raised animals and, and sold animals at the auction and would uh, bottle feed baby calves before getting on the school bus to uh, go to school and had uh, chickens and rabbits and geese and turkeys and goats and horses and ponies and cows and lots of animals at, at home on the farm I grew up on. And at age 15, back in 1995, uh, something just clicked with me. You know, my older sister organized this animal rights week at our high school. And I, and, and she was, she was vegan. I didn't really know what that was, but she was vegan. And so I thought out of respect for my sister, I'm going to go check this thing out. You know, I'm going to go listen to speakers, talk about veganism and animal rights. And I'm going to read some literature about it and watch some videos of factory farming and animal testing. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. And uh, sure enough, you know, that was December 8th, 1995. And I became vegan that week and have been vegan ever since for more than a quarter century, uh, more than 25 years later. And uh, that animal rights week has lasted to something like 1300 weeks. And I, I keep on keeping on. But you know, one of the questions that I had or one of the, you know, really concerns that I had was that, you know, I wanted to be bigger and stronger. Like I mentioned, I mean, I really was a fan of He-Man and, and Thundercats and Captain Planet, but also like pro wrestlers like Hulk Hogan. And, and, and I wanted to get bigger and stronger. And I wasn't sure that I could do it uh, without animal protein. That was a real concern of mine as a teenager. And so I had to just, you know, put it to the test. I had to see, can I actually do this? you know, can I get bigger and stronger? And so my, my older sister gave me some confidence by saying, you know, Robert, we don't need uh, meat, milk and eggs. We need the nutrition that's commonly associated with those things, you know, protein and, and calcium and, uh, you know, essential fats and, and, you know, proper calories and all that stuff. And as it turns out, you can get those uh, from all types of plant-based foods. And in fact, in better in better, higher, higher quality sources. So you can get higher levels of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, fiber, water, phytonutrients, just from eating out of the garden. And so that's what I did. And uh, I eventually went from a 120 pound uh, vegan long distance runner to a 220 pound vegan weightlifter that I am today. And one of the things that, you know, I can touch personally attest to is once the first time I went vegan in 20, 2008, it was great. You know, maybe it was rocking and rolling for a year. Then I went out to LA of all places and didn't have my creature comforts, didn't know where anything was. And I fell off. That's an example of 
you know, the struggle that I went through. What it sounded like from you, you have an, an amazing willpower and, you know, you probably have a personality where it's like you, once you're focused on something, you, you almost have to, to kind of do some of the stuff that you've done. But I'm curious to, to know what were some of the roadblocks that you are hurdles that you had to overcome in the early days of your, your vegan journey? Yeah, thank you for that. It's, you, you know, it's, it's a great question because you got to remember this was back in 1995. This was before the internet, uh, or at least before the public internet was available for most people. I was 15 years old, didn't have a lot of my own money. And I came from a farming background. I came from uh, you know, parents who were raised on farms, who had a farm and raised us, me and my siblings on a farm. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of concern, actually, uh, not just pushback, but concern that will Robert and my older sister, Tanya, get enough nutrition on a plant-based diet? Like that was a real legitimate concern. Like my my parents thought I wouldn't get enough protein, wouldn't get enough nutrition. I wouldn't be able to, you know, I don't know, add body weight. Uh, they were just concerned for my health. And so I had these inherent obstacles along the way. Uh, and also back then, I know you just talked about, uh, you know, going out to LA, which is a an amazing vegan food scene. Back in the 90s, we didn't have that kind of thing. I mean, we went to like a local cooperative grocery store to find non-dairy ice cream, you know, or or, or soy milk in the little carton. Uh, wasn't even refrigerated, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, those were some, you know, inherent roadblocks that were there. The, uh, the fact that I didn't have a lot of my own money, I didn't have a lot of resources or support. Uh, I didn't have a lot of other information, not a lot of uh, documentaries uh, or or books or websites or anything back then. And then the food variety wasn't really all there. And so I had to be really specific and really deliberate about what I was eating and, and uh, you know, how I was getting my nutrition as a five sport athlete in high school. And, you know, luckily that came from a lot of food that we grew on our farm, um, uh, fruits, lots of different fruit trees and fruit bushes. Uh, and so berries and apples and pears and things like that and potatoes and other and tomatoes and cucumbers and things that grew in the garden. And so I had some, you know, some food right there at home. And then I would eat, uh, you know, tofu and other things that that were available uh, back then when I wanted to have like a sandwich or uh, something a little bit more unique. Uh, we also had a vegetarian restaurant in town. It's been there for 40 years now. And so, and, and many of the items that were vegan. And so I had like at least one restaurant that I could go to if I could, you know, save up the money and, and, and then go buy a meal somewhere else. But a lot of those early days were spent as a five sport athlete with teammates who were kind of unsure what I was doing or, uh, uh, you know, uncertain about uh, my performance, you know, because I played on some varsity sports and uh, we were in, in a couple of different cases ranked number one in the state of Oregon and soccer ranked number two in the state of Oregon and cross country. Um, I also wrestled and played basketball and did track and field. And, you know, I wasn't wearing the the leather shoes. You know, I, I changed that out, swapped those out for synthetic leather shoes and, and worked to get the physical education department and sports department at our high school to use non-leather materials when they ordered footballs, basketballs, equipment, things like that, which they, which they honored and they did, which was a, uh, you know, a huge activism win for me as a teenager. Uh, I was giving presentations in high school. Um, I started up a, or co-started up with uh, with some friends in this Students for Peace through Global Responsibility uh, Club, student club organization. We started up a recycling program at school and started a, a compost pile. Uh, this is all in the 90s. And, you, you know, once I started getting more and more involved in those kinds of things, uh, we did vegan bake sales. I mean, all this cliche stuff, right? But I was doing all of that and I learned more along the way. You know, I, I talked to people, uh, found out what their thoughts were on animal rights back then, uh, whether animals, uh, specifically farm animals, should have rights and protections or not. Um, we addressed issues like uh, uh, circuses, which we protested, and as well as um, the clear cutting of a forest, an old growth forest uh, specifically, very old trees. Uh, that we're going to be cut down, which are um, habitats for so many, uh, so many animals that we share the planet with, and just the trees themselves, you know, living to be that old and old growth forests out in the Northwest, um, a great, uh, you know, source of oxygen and, and keeping the air clean and, and keeping uh, shelter and habitats for all different species. That was an important thing for me. So as I got more and more involved, I, I kind of settled into my role, you know, I'd, I'd, by the time I was a senior in high school, I'd been vegan for 
uh, two and a half or three years at this point, sophomore, junior, senior year. And I went on to run cross country at Oregon State University as a, as a vegan runner. Uh, and, uh, and it was around that time as a late teenager that I, I really, I really got involved in lifting weights. I, I didn't really know much about it. Just did it in high school as, as a elective course, you know, weight training and as part of the basketball team and part of the soccer team and uh, part of just strength conditioning that you do as a teenage athlete. But then I really, you know, I really had this spark uh, to get in, to get into bodybuilding and really pursue this. Like, like I mentioned, like it was, le- you know, legit interest in being a pro wrestler or being like Captain Planet or He-Man. Like I just wanted to be bigger and stronger because I wasn't, I was a small guy. And so uh, that's when, you know, around age 19, 20, I gave up running, uh, started lifting weights and, you know, you know, uh, the rest is history went on to become a champion vegan bodybuilder and write books about it and, uh, and tour around the world and, and do my thing. And one of the fascinating things that I love to do is when I have someone like yourself in here is like go into that story. Like you see the end result. And a lot of times it just looks like they just did it. It was effortless. They talked to a few people and it happened, but I know that's not the case. I know there's a lot of things that you mentioned, you, you spoke into it a little bit. There's all those, I'm sure all of those things that you did in high school led up and gave you experience and, and showed you certain processes in order to do what you are going to talk about right now you did in 2002 where i think around that time period looking at your your bio is when you really started to get heavily involved with creating this industry that i'm i'm, I'm taking didn't really exist in the past so take us into that time period and how what were the foundations of that happening yeah thanks sean it was you know I'm glad you asked that because uh, it does look like there's just this easy, seamless transition or there's this, you know, you go from runner to bodybuilder and you, you know, create this website and film documentaries and, and uh, you know, write books and all this stuff. And it just, you know, it's, it's just a seamless transition. But uh, there's something, you know, I was always about connecting the dots, um, you know, in advance. Like it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, and it's even challenging to articulate it because we can always look back and connect the dots looking backwards. But I was always connecting the dots looking forward. For example, I knew that when I became vegan, you know, barely weighing 120 pounds in 1995, I knew that if I could get bigger and stronger as a vegan, that I could open up doors for other people to believe in themselves, that they too could build muscle with a plant-based diet without eating any animals at all. Like that was my objective. It was my own personal experiment. Like Robert, if you can build muscle and show people that you can do it and document it, and now the internet's around and, you know, a few years later, MySpace would come around and, and, you know, other places where you could build your own website and all this. If I could just create that, that story uh, and have that background and have that narrative and create that platform, my own website, um, you know, getting involved in the early days of social media, I can show people that you too can build muscle on a plant-based diet specifically and particularly because I had no business doing it. I was a long distance runner. I wasn't, I was, you know, I wasn't supposed to be a champion bodybuilder. I wasn't supposed to add a hundred pounds to my frame over the years, but it was something that I deliberately did and connected the dots ahead of time. So as I'm, as I'm talking about that, you know, my first dot connected there is, okay, I'm going to become vegan for the animals uh, as this, you know, pretty thin long distance runner. And I'm going to go ahead and, you know, commit myself to being a good athlete. Okay. So I was right. I I played some varsity sports. I was pretty good. I won the Dan O'Brien award, you know, for best all around uh, track and field athlete, my school, uh, those kind of things. So then I went on to do that at the, at the collegiate level at Oregon state university. And, you know, that was a lot tougher competition. Didn't do quite as well. Um, but I, you know, that was, I'd now shown for five years that you can excel, uh, you know, run a five minute mile, whatever. Um, you know, on a, on a plant-based diet. Uh, so uh, that was, that was another step. And then it was, or another, another uh, dot, you know, connecting these dots here. And then it was like, okay, so how do I get this message out there? You know, I mean, obviously I did presentations in high school and in college, and I dropped in on some college classes that my dad was teaching. And I talked about veganism to the, the, the student, the student body that was there um, for that particular class. 
And, uh, you know, but how can I really get this message out there? And one thing I always wanted to do throughout my whole life was write. I mean, that's, that's true from when I was back in third grade. I wanted to write. I wanted to write books. I wanted to publish books. I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a writer. But I had to start somewhere. You can't just write a book. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess you can, but it's, it's usually some steps along the way. You write articles. Uh, you, write, um, you write blogs. You um, build a website. You write letters to the editor. Uh, you know, you do all these different things. And so I did all of that. I was writing letters to uh, Flex Magazine, and, and I got featured in th three years in a row, 2001, 2002, 2003, with photos and my, you know, my story about being a vegan bodybuilder in the biggest, one of the biggest muscle magazines in the world. I was even out in the Caribbean one time and picked up a copy, like in the grocery store. Like it was a global thing, and and then I started building my website right around the time you talked about 2002, uh, and my website officially went live February of 2003, and it was this. It was one of those things because niche topics, especially back then, you know, before I'm not sure when Reddit came around, but but, you know, before like those kinds of things like Facebook groups or Reddit or whatever the case is, it was these niche topics built, you know, communities like people came to veganbodybuilding.com to be part of our forum community. And I got to connect with people from around the world. And it was just it, it was so awesome. And, and all of a sudden, vegan bodybuilding had a bigger presence. And within a few years, I, I won my first bodybuilding competition through, you know, some consistent hard work and and competing on stage and learning about bodybuilding and and learning from professional bodybuilders and those who had, had already uh, succeeded and excelled. And uh, I I got my first opportunity to speak on stage in 2005. I had just filmed the documentary uh, Vegan Fitness Built Naturally with Brendan Brazier and Tanya Kay. And it was just something that I, I you know, created. I, I, I wrote, directed, produced it. And we sold a few thousand DVDs, you know, it was um, before YouTube was around um, slightly. YouTube came around, I think, a few months later. But again, nobody used YouTube in those early years except for Borat uh, and, and a few others. So, you know, it was it was it was connecting those dots of I'm, I, you know, I want to I, I want to make a difference for animals and for the, the world around me and the environment around me. I'm going to do it by excelling as an athlete. That's going to give me a story that I can then tell. Um, through letters to the editor, through building a website, through writing articles um, for other websites. And then I'm going to build community and I'm going to spread this message. And then by building community, I know more people. And now I get, you know, I, I have people that might be interested in buying a t-shirt or buying a DVD or whatever and supporting my work. And then I get invited to speak on stage in, in Vancouver, British Columbia. And, and Dr. T. Colin Campbell was there in the audience uh, as an example uh, in those early days. And you know, and then I would do that. And then I would get invited to speak more and speak more and speak more. And that took me to great places like Hawaii and, and all these, you know, uh, interesting places around the United States and Canada, uh, major universities like, like Georgetown University and University of Florida and University of Oregon and, and uh, Northeastern University, all these, all these great places that, and that led to, you know, building confidence as a public speaker, which then later, you know, connecting the dots, I would, I would be speaking on stage in Beijing, in, in China, and in Sydney, Australia, in Melbourne, Australia, Adelaide, Australia, London, England, uh, London, Canada, you know, Toronto, Canada, uh, throughout the Caribbean, um, and, and in many states around the U.S., from uh, New Hampshire, you know, out to Washington State. And, and, and that was as a result of connecting these dots all along the way, which, which started with making a difference for animals, and each step along the way amplified you know, building a website, uh, making a documentary, uh, releasing my first book in 2010, and now four books later, um, I'm book number five right now that comes out on June 15th. That started, you know, th this, this new book that comes out actually started decades ago with these other actions that I took along the way. And of course, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, you know, learning from great role models like Brendan Brazier and, and uh, Fiona Oaks and uh, Christine Varderos, and Scott Jurek and others um, in different sports, uh, you know, made an impact. You know, that that also gave me confidence that there were other people doing this and doing it at a high level. And we could build a community and be part of something that was great. And, uh, and, and then just the consistent work, you know, um, consistently learning more about diet and nutrition and training and, and applying myself and, and, and all those things add up. And then, uh, you know, here we are I'm talking to you today. And 
it, and I'm like extremely feel extremely grateful the fact that you've expressed a lot of things that you expressed in your story um, a moment ago. And the two big takeaways that I want to talk go into, and starting with the first one, um, are community and telling your story. So starting with community. For me, that's one of the most important um, concepts in my life, because community, one, it it connects you with your purpose, connects you with your why, because you get to surround yourself with individuals who share that same purpose or share that same vision. And you also, we're in a similar age bracket too. I think we probably um, get similar age brackets. So we've experienced a world where we didn't have the iPhone. We experienced a world pre-internet. Yeah. And, you know, there's something to that live experience, that live interaction, going to an event, shaking hands, speaking to people, getting phone numbers that I feel could be lost if all your only focus is social media and things of that nature. So, and not to get me, don't get me wrong, that's important as well. So I'm curious to know in terms of community, what have been some of the, the biggest tools or biggest takeaways that you've come across from your time starting till now? Like, let me rephrase that question. What methods that you've used in the past still hold true today with the advent of all these different social media platforms and technologies? Yeah, great question. And the answer is grassroots is key. You know, I mean, I was basically running like a political campaign, basically, you know, for veganism uh, decades ago. I, w I was going around, uh, you know, putting up posters and signs at University of California at Berkeley and, and Oregon State University and University of Oregon and probably Portland State and University of Portland as well in the Northwest, you know, where I lived and, and I'm reaching people in that targeted demographic who were interested in veganism back in the early 2000s because I was looking to build a brand. So I was doing all this grassroots stuff um, as far as, you know, putting signs out there. I mean, the exact same things that are going on in 2021 politics, you know, signs in the yards and, and getting the word out there and, and sharing information that's not in a digital format, not in a uh, technology format, not on the computer, not on the internet, but like going out to communities. Uh, I used to host events all the time. I mean, Sean, I, I mean, I took myself on, on speaking tours all over the country where I, I, I set up my own college uh, speaking tour or had somebody help me, you know, someone that I, I hired or, uh, uh, you know, uh, partnered with to, to do that and, and compensated for, for doing that for me. And I, I was, then I was on radio shows and I was on, I was in newspapers. Uh, I mean, I, I was even out in Florida one time. This is hilarious. I was out in Florida, my own motivational speaking tour, vegan fitness, motivational speaking tour in Orlando uh, or in that general area, I guess. And I gave something like 14 presentations in 11 days and I was at Whole Foods and um, some people approached me. Uh, they had these purple shirts on and I, I wasn't paying much attention, but they're like, Hey, Robert, what are you doing here? Are you at the Tony event? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they had, you know, Tony Robbins, um, you know, staff shirts on. And they said, yeah, Tony's on tour here at the JW Marriott over, you know, here in Orlando. They're like, you should come check it out. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing my own tour out here. And at that point, I didn't want any kind of influence from Tony Robbins. I was carving out my own path. I was doing my own thing. I was really into the motivational stuff back then. And I was speaking on uh, on stages with some other uh, motivational type people in various places, but you know I wanted to do my own thing. But ultimately, I decided, you know, I'll go I'll go check it out. And so I, I went just a little bit, you know, uh, hanging out in the in the lobby with people, and uh, I, I didn't get into the whole you know fifteen hundred person or whatever it was, maybe twenty five hundred person event. But I kind of just peeked through the doors. I, I almost didn't even want to. Um, and then later, you, you, you know, I, so then I hung out with that with that crew and a little bit and, and learn more about what, what they were doing. And um, it was just one of those, you know, funny situations bumping into people on tour who, who knew of my work and were associated with Tony. And then years later, uh, you know, I sent uh, multiple books to, to Tony Robbins because he had posted something on Twitter about uh, three, something like 3000, um, something like, like 3000, animals died to make footballs for the NFL. And he was making some comment about that leading up to the Super Bowl. And because I had 
been on tour so much and I'd met some really influential people like Jamie Eason, who at the time was the number one fitness model in the world. She's like, hey, check out Robert Cheek. You know, he's this vegan guy. And, and so did somebody else. Another person with influence said, hey, check out this Robert Cheek guy, because there weren't a lot of people doing this back then. And so Tony connected with me or I connected with him. I ended up sending him multiple books of mine and um, to his place out in San Diego. And then, you know, I saw uh, Tony just uh, a couple of years ago, maybe, you know, shook his hand out in uh, in um, in Arizona at, at an event. Um, and not that he's like this, you know, this is great is a great person or anything, but, um, it's what I'm trying to talk about is the, the Testament of connecting the dots again. Like I, I I went around and, you know, plastered my community and co-ops and grocery stores and universities with this like word of mouth. Um, and not just, not totally in just like this self-promotional way, but in this like, you know, community building way, you know, come to my website where we have this great community of thousands of people. And then that led to a speaking tour around the country where I met people who then became allies and would connect me with other people. Um, like when I bumped into you at, uh, at, at balance for life, I believe in at Deerfield beach and, and saw a bunch of other people there. Um, I just happened to, you know, see Tony a couple times and be able to get some books to him and, um, and, you know, and, and get some plant-based information to him. Um, also met his uh, nephew, uh, and, and spent some time with him in Canada at one point. But like, as far as building the, the community goes, um, I really believe it's this grassroots effort of you, you go around. I mean, not, you know, not during COVID times, but you, you, you get the idea. You go around and shake hands and meet people and remember people by their name and make eye contact with them and ask them questions. And, you know, I was always one of those guys that uh, when I was doing book talks or on a speaking tour, I was always the last one there. You know, I was the first one to arrive and the last one there shaking every last hand, signing every last book having every last conversation, doing photos, whatever, and, and then connecting with people, you know, they, they would then follow up on social media and then become you know, part of that bigger community there. But for me, it, it really starts with, with grassroots organizing, grassroots approach and, and touring. I mean, there's nothing that replaces that. That's why when I had my first book out there it, 11 years ago, I could have just, you know, sat at a computer and just posted all over on, on, on Facebook. Uh, but I got in my car and I drove around the country, you know, and I spoke at the Whole Foods Market World Headquarters in Austin, Texas. You know, I slept in my car when I, I couldn't afford to stay in motels. And I did that in many places, you know, from from Arizona to, you know, the desert, the hot desert, sleeping in my, in my car, waking up in a pool of sweat to, you know, the cold mountains of Pennsylvania and North Carolina and, and sleeping out in my my car in New York, New York State and and, play, and then behind a warehouse during the summer in Wisconsin with mosquitoes you know, eating me through the window uh, that was cracked open because it was just too hot. I was going to suffocate, you know, there were, there, but along the way I met incredible people so that anytime I had anything else going on, you know, a, a new book, a, a new project, um, you know, something I was involved in or something to support. Uh, there were people that I'd met along the way who were like, man, I know this guy, or I met this guy. You know, and he took the time to talk to me. We went out to dinner together. We, you know, he crashed on the floor at my house or on my couch uh, when he was on tour. You know, he, he you know, signed uh, some books for my family, whatever the case is. And, and that's, you know, that's community to, to me. And, and, and I reciprocated all that along the way. I've had all kinds of uh, activists and individuals stay with me along the way um, at my houses or um, even when I'm not there, just leave, you know, leave keys for them and enjoy and have a you know, have a warm place to stay and, and all of that. And, um, and that's, you know, that's community beyond just like how many followers do I have or, or what's my follower to following ratio or whatever the case is. Um, there's something human about building real relationships and having those relationships. And, and in, in my whole connecting the dots scenario, I mean, that, you know, that pays dividends as well in a, in a oftentimes mutually beneficial way where, you know, I have something to talk about now, a new book. And I have a lot of people who are having me on their podcast or having me on their show, having me on their live video or they're buying copies. And, um, you know, just as I'm doing for, you know, promoting their work. So uh, community, I think, is a, is a, is a two-way street. It's supporting other people uh, and, and it's um, being part of something and, and a meaningful vision that you share to make the world a better place or to save animals or to, build this this kind of uh project or whatever the case is it's a, it's a shared interest of people 
who are uh, who are passionate about making a difference. And uh, it's it's just it's a great thing to be part of. And and of course, you know, the people who are watching this or listening to this can't see me nodding my head throughout everything you just said. Like I couldn't have said it. I can't really add anything to it. So thank you for sharing that experience and dipping a little bit more into you know, the importance of community, because you can, you can get lost, as the kids say, get lost in the sauce of the social media presence and, like you said, engagement ratios and all of this and posting daily and lose sight of it's, you get to connect with people as well. You know, you get to, you know, learn people's names and try to remember it in case you have bad memory like me, or you, <laughs> you go out to these events because you know, I've had this experience too, where it's you go to an event, you don't have a huge expectation, but you know you get to be there, and then you end up meeting somebody that down the road is the is the uh, organizer for this huge event that you probably wouldn't have been able to get access to if you didn't make that connection. So you never know what it is, and I think if you have that intention of like I'm building something that's greater than myself, that's going to support, you know, whatever it is you're passionate about you know, things are going to be coming to you. You're going to create a magnet for yourself, but the consistency is also key with that as well. And um, the other thing that I said I wanted to talk about ties into the book that you're releasing. It's your story. You know, what yeah. you know, being yeah. able to have that in your mind, you talked about a little bit earlier about, you know, thinking about, you know, that story as you're progressing in your life and looking forward. So talk us, take me and the listeners into that process of, you know, What's going through your mind when you, before you write these books or when you're thinking about, you know, telling specific aspects of your life? Yeah, I think, you know, I actually started, believe it or not, I, I started this kind of motivational speaking tour before I was ever doing vegan fitness presentations because I, I use these principles of, of demand excellence and maximize the 1,440 minutes you have every day in order to achieve something you're working toward. Like that is what made me have even a chance at being successful as a vegan bodybuilder or as a speaker or as an author or as anything. It was these fundamental principles. And so when I would go on these motivational speaking tours, I would tell people the, the, the same concept you and I are talking about, that everyone has a story, but few ever tell it. And even fewer tell it well. And even fewer yet tell it well and have the ability to inspire and uplift people. But we all have that story. And if only you use some of that 1,440 minutes to get that story out there. And back then, back in the day, people weren't telling those stories. People weren't writing books. You had to be a professional writer to write books. You didn't have Amazon create space and self-publishing platforms and all this kind of stuff. It was, you just weren't doing that. There, there weren't blogs that you could write back then. There weren't um, websites that you could build. Uh, there, there, there weren't you know social media channels that you could have, but everyone still had a story. They just, you know, shared it, you know, down at the, at, at the local, you know, restaurant or bar or breakfast spot or watering hole or, you know, whatever it was, it was, uh, you know, these water cooler moments maybe where, you, you know, you, you talk about similar things you experience at work and you're there hanging out by the water cooler or in the break room at work. And you can tell, then you like, then it's your turn to tell your story. You know, everyone wants to tell theirs, right? Oh, this is my experience I had with such and such. And you're just waiting. You're barely even listening because you're waiting to be able to tell your story. No, let me tell you about my experience with this. You know, you got to, you got to hear this story. But these days, you know, social media, the internet, um, television um, expanding, provided an opportunity for anyone to tell a story. And so, you know, I've, I've written five books now and, and a whole bunch that have never gotten published, you know, probably another five to 10 books that never made it, including some that are like 300 pages. I mean, really, you know, full books that just never, never saw the light of day, never made it past the editing room floor, got turned down by every publisher, never, no one's ever read that stuff. But it doesn't mean I stopped trying, you know, because, you know, I still have those stories. And I've even shared some stories with you today already, even, even just these random side conversations where I told a random story about Tony Robbins or about sleeping in my car across America, trying to make it as an author and, uh, and about, you know, connecting the dots. I mean, that's a story, right? And so with this particular new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, what I wanted to do was tell the compelling stories of the world's greatest plant-based athletes. I wanted to, uh, you know, so many books are written by one individual. You know, there's Rich Roll's story, right? There's Scott Jurek's story, Fiona Oaks's story, Brendan Brazier's story, my story, Matt Fraser's story. But there's their entire books about one person. 
you know, including my first books, you know, or at least my very first book, my vegan bodybuilding and fitness book was, you know, my story. And, and so many of these, uh, you know, Rip Esselstyn, it's his story, you know, and, and that's great. And that's great. But I wanted to put all of these stories and many, many more under one roof. And so that's what we did. I interviewed, I personally interviewed about 60 world-class athletes, including a dozen Olympic athletes, a dozen world champion athletes, um, multiple world record holders, um, plenty of other elite and professional athletes from all kinds of sports backgrounds. And, uh, and, and they're part of this plant-based athlete book, which is really a how-to book. It's, it's how to be a plant-based athlete with the evidence-based nutritional science, you know, backing it, uh, you know, and, 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 and those components of nutrient density and calorie density and protein, carbohydrates, fats, uh, sports recovery, um, all of those components in the book. But we also weave in these athlete stories all along the way where you can read about, you know, James Wilkes from the Game Changers or Dotsie Bausch, uh, or you can read about Brennan Brazier or Fiona Oaks or Corinne Sutton, who's a 20 time uh, champion vegan bodybuilder and, and, and just a, a great guy. You can read about world champion um, mountain biker Sonia Looney, who's just absolutely incredible. Or, or Scott Jurek, who's run 165 miles in a single day, setting a world record, which is like, you know, six marathons in, in a single day. You can discover people you've probably never heard of, like, like Sharon Feichman, who is on the Women's Professional Tennis Tour um, and ranked in the top 50 in the world right now uh, for, for doubles tennis and, and follows a plant-based diet. Or Darcy Gaither, maybe you've never heard of her, but she's a, a world record setting a kayaker who is the only woman to kayak the, the entire length of the Amazon River, which is tied for the world's longest river with the Nile River at something like oh, 4,000 miles. It's some ridiculous length. It took her five months of you know daily kayaking to do it with all kinds of obstacles uh, along the way. Um, you, you, you learn from uh, so many different uh, unique athletes. Um, Laura Klein, who's a world champion duathlete, uh, which is basically like a triathlete, but with just two sports. I think it's running, um, uh, cycling, and then running again, no, no swimming. But, you know, she's the best in the entire world at that. And, uh, and Orla Walsh, who's a national record holder in track cycling in Ireland. And Andreas Voita, who's an Olympic runner who, you know, talks about the power of visual, visualization, you know, where he trains two or three times a day. Uh, he has 38 national records in Austria and in, in different lengths of running. And he talks about, you know, visualizing kind of like, kind of like you see in the, uh, in, in, in like, um, you know, cool runnings with the Jamaican bobsled team, you know, visual visualization, visualization. He's doing that as a runner, even just going around an oval about, about how he's going to, you know, accelerate at certain points or make those turns or how he can, you know, create his best race. And, uh, and tons of of men and women from former NBA players, uh, former NHL players to uh, world champions and in, in so many different disciplines. Uh, we have a bunch of boxers and powerlifters and bodybuilders and uh, and so many different athletes were able to tell their stories, including some like Josh Lajani. You, you probably know of him who uh, this guy had no business being uh, an ultra runner, just like I had no business being a bodybuilder. I mean, this guy was 420 pounds and he dropped hundreds of pounds, something like 240 or whatever the math is, got down to 180 pound body weight. And now he wins 100 mile ultra marathon races. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't just complete them. I mean, he's, he's won some of these events and, and, and there's stories of overcoming uh, drug addiction, um, including like, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, cocaine addiction and, and, and going on to win an Olympic medal. And just finding the best version of yourself through a, a, a plant-based diet and and a, and a desire and, and dedication to uh, to exercise and be fit, and uh, and it's just it's been um, such a joy to write these stories and share these stories of big names like Rich Roll and Scott Jurek and Rip Esselstyn, to like I said, you know people, people maybe people don't know like Harriet Davis uh, or Natalie Matthews um, or, or or so many others. Uh, Mary Schneider. I mean, a lot of people don't don't know these people, but they're going to know their stories soon. And that's what was such an honor um, to write about in this book. And, and not only that, but 
many of these athletes in the in, in the plant-based athlete shared a you know you know behind the curtain uh, look behind the scenes of what a typical day in their life is like and that was really fascinating too because everyone from james wilkes to uh, you know rip esselstyn and all these people describe what their day is like from morning until night so you get to see their meals that they eat the uh the workouts they do um what they do for recovery what they do for pre and post workout nutrition um, how often they're training, um, you know, what, what they, what they focus on. Um, and then my co-author of the book, Matt Frazier from No Meat Athlete, uh, he and I, you know, chime in with all these, in all these areas too. And so, you know, we share our, our day in the life and we even have a grocery shopping list section where a number of the plant-based athletes like Julia Murray, who's a uh, former Olympic skier, Vanessa Espinoza, who's a, a world-class powerlifter and champion boxer. Uh, an all-American basketball player, and Sonia Looney, who's a w- world champion mountain biker I mentioned earlier, you know, all share their, their grocery shopping list as well as me and Matt. And, uh, and then furthermore, in the back of the book, because, you know, any, any, I don't know, a vegan health or fitness book or plant-based health and fitness book typically has recipes. We have the same. We have about 60 recipes, but we got these contributed directly from the world-class athletes who are are in the book. So um, that that's really fun because you get to see the exact recipes that some of these amazing endurance, strength, power, and technical athletes eat to fuel their results. So, you know, what does it take to be a 20 time champion vegan bodybuilder like uh, Corinne Sutton? Or what does it take to be a, a, a vegan since birth like Jahina Malik, uh, you know, professional bodybuilder, you know, you get to hear those stories and see their foods and their and their, their recipes and all of that. And uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. And so, so that's a way for us as authors, for me and Matt, just share the stories of so many other plant-based athletes that a lot of people haven't heard of, but they've accomplished so many amazing things, uh, becoming national champions, world champions, Olympic medalists, and uh, in some cases, Guinness World Record holders. We had multiple Guinness World Record holders we interviewed for the book too. Um, from sports and soccer and running. And so uh, it's just been a a really, really fun and exciting experience. And it's, and it's the biggest project I've ever worked on. So it's, it's one of those things where all of these things connecting the dots from when I was eight years old, wanting to be a writer, to becoming vegan at age 15, to becoming a champion bodybuilder at age 25, to a first time author at age 30, to all the, the, the networking and connections along the way, to eventually leveraging those connections. It was, it was actually a friend of mine, uh, who introduced me to an agent who then, uh, you know, considered me for, to work with as an author, which then led to me getting mad as a co-author, which then led to, uh, landing a book deal with the world's second largest publisher, turning down an offer from the world's number one biggest publisher and five other offers and working on this book that now just got, uh, we just landed a, a, a German deal. So it's being translated into German right now and working on a, an Australian and UK and New Zealand deal, um, hopefully coming soon. And, and then we have, of course, our big uh, North American book deal, which is makes the plant-based athlete in stores everywhere in the US and Canada on June 15th. And this is, is absolutely unequivocally a result of connecting the dots which I was doing ahead of time rather than just looking back and saying, oh yeah, that makes sense now. I recognize that pattern. No, it's the other way. It's the other way. Just like right now, we're aiming to be a bestseller and I'm doing podcast interviews every day. I did one today. I did one yesterday. I did one the day before. Um, I've got two on Monday. Like this is connecting the dots. I've, I've got to be on that 50 to hundred podcasts to get the word out there about this new book. And so when it becomes a bestseller, it's not a surprise. It's like, oh yeah, we planned for this. This was connecting the dots. And so, uh, so that's, you know, that, that's what storytelling means to me that everyone's got one. Not everybody tells it. And in this case, you know, I offered to tell these stories, you know, for these other athletes who, who don't write their own books and have a few pages dedicated to each one of them in this book. And uh, that's something I'm really proud of. I mean, that's, that's a fascinating, um, premise for a book to have all of these different plant-based athletes because not only are you telling their stories and maybe motivating someone who may be on that same track but you're showing that it's possible on a high level to be plant-based and to be an athlete 
and you know shatter a lot of these misconceptions which frankly you've been doing since you you got into the industry back you know, back 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 in the day so yeah. um, it's, it's good to see that you're continuing and this is the evolution of that and then obviously from this i'm sure it's going to turn into something else that you probably already have in the back of your mind because you seem like that type of analytical person yeah and, I'm excited to see what that is because now, you know, in terms of my story and my trajectory, it's like I have now, you know, hopefully we can continue to build this relationship together. And then, you know, I have, you know, built this platform where the next time that I speak to you, it's a situation where it's like, you know, maybe we're on the same stage together. But anyways, so the idea of you working on all of these projects and, and, one of the projects that I want to talk about, you actually have it on your shirt right now. So tell us a little bit about your affiliation with Vegan Strong, because I see you associated with that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking, Sean. So so Vegan Strong is something that, you know, it's a nonprofit or, uh, vegan athlete organization that shows the world that plants have all the protein you need. And I actually, believe it or not, and I don't know if you know the story, I got involved with Vegan Strong uh, back on the NASCAR circuit. So um, there was a vegan strong, actually it was before vegan, vegan strong, it was a vegan powered race car. Uh, Leilani Munter was racing the vegan powered race car and former NFL football player, David Carter and I were invited to be part of that experience. And David is another person in the book. You know, I've only mentioned a few names, but there's, there's a lot of other people we want to, you know, we have as a surprise there, Olympic athletes and, you know, uh, and, and certain sports stars, but, but David's another one, he's in the book. And so David and I were in, in, involved, uh, with this, you know, promoting this vegan powered race car. And so we went to events like the Daytona 500 and, and Talladega and these racetracks and promoted the plant-based lifestyle to race goers of, of which, as you may know, on a, on a, I think it's a Saturday or Sunday when they, the big race is, they get about a hundred, 150,000 people come through the gates and there's this big exhibitor area, much like you'd see at a veg fest or a sports festival or, um, expo, any kind of event. There's booths everywhere, you know, Johnson, Johnsonville sausages and, and all this stuff and cotton candy and popcorn and all that. And here we were with a vegan powered tent, you know, and that's basically what it was. It was like a tent with, we were passing out vegan food and, and some information about it. And, and I was a, a bodybuilder and David Carter, a former NFL player, just recently retired NFL player and Leilani Munter. And there was a vegan chef and we were, you know, out there promoting the lifestyle. And then the next year they had a vegan strong race car, you know, like, where is it? There it is. I'm looking like in the reflection on the, on the computer, uh, a vegan strong race car. And so we just expanded on that. We had a whole, we had another team, you know, Fraser Bailey and Corinne Sutton, who's in the new book and Ryan Nelson and myself. And, and uh, we had a much bigger presence with vegan strong on the racetrack. And we went to much, many more races out in the Poconos and, you know, just Chicago and Charlotte and, and these different international raceways and Daytona again. And which was which was crazy, too, because I, I was like out on pit road, you know, like right where they're filling the, the gas tanks um, and, they're, and they're changing the tires like we're just right there. And you have to have these um, uh, earplugs. It's so loud and it's, it's, it's kind of wild. And but that was that experience. And so. After that experience, what we I was already doing my own vegan bodybuilding, uh, you know, fitness expo tour, right? So again, this is kind of like a, still back to connecting the dots. Uh, I was doing my own vegan bodybuilding tour while helping manage this vegan strong NASCAR tour. And so when the NASCAR circuit was done, uh, the, the the team behind Vegan Strong, uh, which is a an agency called Effect Partners. They said, hey, would you like to um, head up a, a vegan strong fitness expo tour um, around the country? And, you know, basically in place of your vegan bodybuilding tour, but with more resources and more events and, and more branding and all this. And I said, sure. And so I became the director of Vegan Strong and we toured to the Arnold Classic, uh, the Olympia, the L.A. Fit Expo, um, Europa Fit Expos in Orlando and Dallas, Texas, and Phoenix, Arizona, and other fitness expos all along the West Coast, Vegas, and San Jose, San Diego, Anaheim, uh, places like uh, Chicago, um, out east, Philadelphia. And we, we went around the country with uh, this big either uh, 10 by 10 or 10 by 20 booth with all this vegan strong branding and, and had thousands of plant-based products from you know brands like Vega and PB2 and Plant Fusion and or gain and you know all the beyond meat all these brands you can think of uh 35 of them or so 
where we would pass out their their products or, or product coupons in the case of like a perishable item like Beyond Meat. Otherwise, we'd pass out Vega samples just free for everybody. We created this 40-page full-color booklet that was filled with uh, the benefits of a, a plant-based diet for athletes. It had recipes and meal plans for building muscle, for burning fat. It had celebrity athletes featured in there. It had photos. It had full-on recipes for all these different things that had charts of high protein foods. We still have that booklet. We still ship them out. And so we passed out those by the tens of thousands and, and product coupons for, you know, free Beyond Meat products or free, free, you know, Daya products or Follow Your Heart, uh, partnered with all these big brands. And we toured all over the country. And it was, and it was awesome. We met celebrities and, and, and no joke, there were people that I used to have their, their, their photos, you know, bodybuilding photos cut out and put on my apartment wall when I was a big time bodybuilding fan in my early twenties of these famous bodybuilders. And now these same bodybuilders came by our booth and I was signing books for them. And it was just this, this like juxtaposition of, you know, this was like a role model for me. And now here I am signing books for them because they're coming over to a plant-based diet now for their own health, for their own wellness, for their own interests, because of the growth and popularity of the lifestyle and all of that. And, uh, and we met all kinds of other people, you know, interesting people that we inspired to adopt a plant-based diet. We gave lectures on stage, did um, food demos, cooking demos, showing how to make recipes for, you know, high protein this or whatever the case was, um, interacted with a ton of people. And then all of that came crashing down, of course, with, with COVID. Uh, no more touring. In fact, we had, it was a, it, you know, a big ordeal. Uh, we had already shipped like pallets worth of stuff, you know, over a thousand pounds of products to an event that was canceled right when COVID hit and another event that was canceled and another one. And we had to, you know, try to reclaim all of our products um, that we had shipped out and, and, uh, and all of that and decided, you know, we've got to do something. We've got to pivot. We've got to stay relevant. We've got to do something. So we created these vegan strong monthly boxes we had, we had spent years on tour passing out what we called starter kits. They were these um, tote bags, vegan strong tote bags filled with plant-based products. There was like $35 or $40 worth of stuff. We would sell for $10. Like that's it. Cause we wanted people to try it. We're talking like a 99% non-vegan audience, you know, I mean, totally non-vegan audience comes to these fitness expos, but we would still sell hundreds of these things per day because, or per weekend, because the deal was so, you know, it was so good. You're getting $40 worth of stuff for 10 bucks. Plus you get a tote bag. You can carry around the, the expo and our whole idea behind that. And the reason why we put so much quantity and, and, and quality in there was because we wanted people to use these products. We wanted them to swap out whey protein in favor of plant-based protein, no more casein protein, but at least for these, you know, 20 meals, because you get all these different packets and bars and food snacks and all this stuff at least for those 20 meals, they're going to be plant-based that otherwise likely would not have been plant-based. And that was a big part of our activism and, and our ambition was to get people to change the way that they eat. Um, and then, and then in, in every single one of those tote bags was our, our 40 page booklet with, with tons of resources, coupons for other products. You can, now you can go try beyond meat and all this stuff after you've tried these, you know, whatever it is, a raw rev bar or, a Nugo bar or a uh, bada bean, bada boom, you know, broad bean snack or Vega protein powder or whatever. Um, now you can go out and try these other, you know, frozen foods or perishable foods or whatever. And, uh, and so we basically, we replicated that with these vegan strong boxes. It's a monthly box that has about $150 worth of stuff in there, uh, products and coupons that we sell for $49.99. So you get three times the value in every box. For example, um, just the April box, which I think mine should get here today in the mail, I believe it has four free beyond meat product coupons in it. Just, you know, just as, as one example, and, and many of those are $10 coupons. Um, so that's like 30, $40 worth of stuff. Plus there's a whole bunch of $2 off coupons and $1 off for beyond meat. Plus all these other coupons for follow your heart and, and not a and these other brands, but there's also a ton of products in there, you know, full size, uh, full size, um, products from different food companies, foods and beverages and sports nutrition and supplements. Plus we have um, branded vegan strong items in there. So we've had everything from like, uh, and they're all surprise items. Like you don't know what's coming in the box until it gets there. 
we've had vegan strong coffee mugs and aprons and vegan strong branded spatulas and water bottles and stress balls in the shape of a barbell, um, shoelaces, like all kinds of stuff. And you get those in every box. And so, you know, that's what we've been doing with Vegan Strong. Uh, we also just did a national, uh, filmed a national TV spot that should be on Fox Business um, later this month, actually. And I'm in that. Um, Danny Taylor and Giacomo Marchese are in that. Corinne Sutton is in that. Uh, all part of Vegan Strong. And, and, and that's kind of cool because that's, again, a, a chance to reach the, the masses, um, you know, potentially millions of households, which was our goal from the beginning. And, and when that was when that was cut short, our tour, which, which we reached just tens of thousands of people in person, uh, you know, we wanted to find another way in addition to these boxes, which, you know, help keep the brand going and keep, uh, keep our brand top of mind and, and getting pro our, our brand partners, uh, their products out there into customers' hands. Um, you know, we, so we, we started doing more media. So we'll be doing more interviews and podcasts and writing articles and more TV stuff. So, so, so vegan strong, it, it's, it's at veganstrong.com and, um, you'll see we're, we're a nonprofit organization. That's really just out there trying to show people that plants have all the protein you need and that, you know, you can get uh, apparel and stickers and, and boxes and all kinds of stuff that we offer to help spread the word in, in your community as well. Even those booklets, you know, we ship those out to, to gyms, fitness centers, wellness places, people where they do leafleting. Um, especially with things coming back, hopefully, uh, post COVID when we, we start engaging with each other more and more, you know, we'll get right back out there, hopefully on tour and distributing products, materials, information, you know, um, smiling, taking photos of people, all the stuff that we miss over the last year, we really hope to resume. And in the meantime, we've got some really, really cool boxes who we were even nominated for the best vegan subscription box uh, in the industry, even though ours are not even a subscription, you can just buy it anytime you want um, without any kind of commitment for ongoing or recurring payment. They're, they're just available there on veganstrong.com, but we still got nominated for an award and we've had tremendous feedback uh, shipped out one to 2000 of these boxes in recent months, um, hundreds every month and, and people really enjoy them. And thank you for that. And one of the, um, what I want to talk before we wrap up is I know there's a lot of things that you're involved in that you've created over the course of the last you know, couple of decades. Was there anything that we didn't touch on that you would love for our audience to know that you're involved with um, so we don't miss that opportunity? You know, that's a good question. A lot of stuff is really, you know, past. It's, it's just in the past right now. You know, I used to put on vegan festivals. I, I used to... Um, you know, host my own events. I created the vegan vacation. I, I, I did, I was involved in a lot of stuff, you know, worked for Forks Over Knives um, back in the day and, uh, and, and a number and worked for Vega for 10 years and a number of other brands. Um, but really, I think just the, the most relevant thing to my journey right now, uh, you know, this 25 year vegan athlete journey is what I'm doing now. It's my work with Vegan Strong and it's, and it's this new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, which I think is going to be you know, one of the, the top vegan books of the whole year. Uh, and, and for good reason, there's a lot of people behind it. Dr. Greger wrote the foreword, Dr. Campbell, Dr. Esselstyn, Brenda Davis, so many others endorsed it. Even John Robbins, you know, I, I joke that we have like the, you know, the Mount Rushmore of, 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 you know, historical vegans who've endorsed the book, you know, people like John Robbins and T Colin Campbell and Carl Esselstyn and Michael Greger, Brenda Davis, um, uh, Juliana Hever, uh, just, you know, so many awesome people. Uh, so like that, that is what my world is right now. You know, um, I'm based out in Colorado these days. My wife and I moved here recently about a year ago after years in Arizona. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've spent 10 years on the vegan cruise. That's, you know, typically relevant, but that's the last event we did before COVID hit. Like we literally like missed it by a week or else we'd still be sitting in the Caribbean or we would have been for a couple months. Uh, you, you know, like so that's not going on right now. Normally I do that every year and speak on this vegan cruise and, and get involved in a lot of other organizations and, and host events and stuff. But, uh, but right now it's like, after doing this for so long, I've decided, you know, this really is the biggest thing I've ever done. And the most you know, pr probably the far, the farthest reaching thing when this book really comes out there. And, and, and what if it does become a bestseller? You know, then it does open up other doors, not only for other people to create products, projects like this, similar books or films or 
music or whatever it is that can go mainstream, but it's going to open up doors, uh, you know, for us as authors and creators who have been connecting the dots for, for 25 years. And, uh, and like you kind of slightly suggested, um, I do have plans after this, you know, uh, there could easily be a second book, a third book, you know, down the line when this one hits a home run. And so we're just, you know, I'm just counting on the community that I've been engaged with for, for 25 years to, to show up and, and support the book. And I'm doing whatever I can to show up on, on a podcast and chat with, 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 with wonderful people like you and to help get the word out there and, and uh, hope that people will enjoy it. And so that's, you know, that's really uh, what I'm all about these days. I'm spreading that, that vegan strong message and spreading that plant-based athlete message and doing what I can to get the word out there in, in a grassroots and, and any other creative way that I can. And we're definitely looking to spread the word about it, especially when the book comes out. But just like I said, everything that we do is about long-term relationships and continuing to grow us as an organization. A lot of gems that you dropped, you know, I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog, um, a lot of... It's, their coins, but you get what I'm saying. A lot of gems that you dropped in here, especially for someone such as myself that's on a similar journey on my own path to doing what I'm doing. Um, it's good to hear someone that's gone through that and maybe get some advice and some tidbits from. So the last thing I love to do with our guests is give them an opportunity to speak directly to our community. And you can say whatever is on your heart, anything that you want to talk about. We use, typically use this segment as a, as a pullout um, as its own individual thing. So I'm going to yield the floor to you. And if you want to take a couple seconds, by all means, but um, I'm going to yield the floor to, you, floor to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Sean, first of all, I want to thank you and, and uh, you know, South Florida uh, vegan community for having me on and, and uh, you know, great bumping into you in the past at, at various networking events and, and things that we've been at um, in, in the South Florida area. And so I want to thank you and I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing too. You know, I see a lot of your stuff online. I see a lot of hard work behind it. I see a lot of passion behind it and I see you doing a lot of really good stuff. And so I, I appreciate uh, your communication um, with me and, and the, and the, and the work that you're doing in your community and hoping that we can collaborate uh, a number of times in the future. And for everybody listening, you know, I want to, I want to thank you for tuning in and, you know, I've been on a speaking tour for about 15 years and one of the quotes I often leave audiences with is, um, is from H. Jackson Brown Jr., who said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the things that you did do. And he goes on to say, you know, so sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream and discover. But I don't really care about that poetic part. I care about whether it's 20 years from now or two years from now. We don't want to be asking what might have been like, man, I had an opportunity. You know, I had an opportunity to believe in myself, to to trust myself, to to work hard at something I believed in. I had an opportunity to change my diet to save the lives of so many others. But I didn't do it. And we don't want to be in that position. And I've and I've learned that over the 25 years that I've been a vegan athlete. I, I've never forgotten why I became vegan in the first place. And that's what still compels me to this very day, that I want to make a difference in the world around me, for the, for the animals especially. And so that's what still drives me to this day. And so I want, I want you to think about that, that 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the things that you did do. So find something that's meaningful. Uh, find something that just you know pulls at your heartstrings, that you get passionate about, that you, that you find joy in the pursuit of. That could be a personal goal. Like maybe you want to write a book too. Maybe you want to make a movie. Maybe you want to attend your first, you know, uh, advocacy event or outreach event. Maybe you want to uh, re reach out to someone that you look up to as, as a role model, but you've always been scared or nervous to do it. And, and maybe this will give you the confidence to do that. So I've, I've said for 25 years now to follow your passion and make it happen. And, and that's what I encourage all of you to do and find meaning in the process and to make the best use of the 1,440 minutes that you have every day to follow your heart and to follow your passion and make it happen. And, and, and I would love your support. If you'd like to check out my new book, The Plant-Based Athlete, you can pre-order anytime. It's on Amazon. It actually made the top 10 bestseller list in three different categories recently. It's, a, it's, it's everywhere. 
um, Barnes and Noble, all the places you can pre-order and it'll be in stores on June 15th. And, and I would love if you would uh, pick up a copy. I think it's you know not only supporting my work, but supporting the 50, 60, 70 uh, people that are featured in the book in some capacity and the movement at large. And I think this will be a project that, that moves the needle. So uh, I thank you all for uh, tuning in today and, and for your time and for your commitment to whatever it is in your life that you do that makes the world a better place uh, because of it. So thank you. Spotlight commencing in five, four, three, two, one. Hi everyone, my name is Mahala Sheree and I'm representing Plant Theory Creative Cuisine. I am with SoFo Vegans Family. The reason for Plant Theory is that I couldn't really find a place where I could come dine where everything was organic, where people actually lived and breathed what they believed in. And so I created Plant Theory from uh, an amalgamation of all my world travels and really wanting to serve something nutritious and delicious at the same time. So we source all of our uh, vendors, um, we curate them, making sure that we their standards are the same standards as we we provide for our customers. So for example, our bread only has three ingredients in it. It's made organic by a, a Florida uh, bakery. Also our, our produce is from a local organic uh, produce delivery. And we also source some local uh, providers as well. So LinkedIn Eatery in the heart of South Beach is a super hip, trendy community hub for South Beach locals, also for our tourist uh, market. This is great, we have lots of games, we have pool, we have special events, we have an art exhibit, we have a beautiful rooftop, we also have an amazing bar. We have, um, the thing about uh, the LinkedIn Eatery is that it houses small local businesses from Miami. So it really promotes all the local businesses. So everybody here is like a mom and pop shop and we really love to support each other and come together as a community. We want to thank Robert Sheik for being our guest on today's podcast. We also want to thank Plant Theory Creative Cuisine for being a valued partner with our organization. SoFlow Vegans is dedicated to making South Florida a global hotspot for veganism. This means coming up with innovative ways to support the community. This is possible due to the support of our members and partners. As a member, you can help us share our content, leave feedback, and purchase merchandise that helps save you money at a growing list of businesses in South Florida. Artners can tap into our growing platform and promote their goods and services through articles, magazines, social posts, live events, videos, and of course, this podcast. To learn more about both of these opportunities, we invite you to go to soflowvegans.com opportunities. You can also visit our main website at soflowvegans.com to dig around and see what you find. On behalf of the entire team here at SoFlow Vegans, we want to thank you for listening and catch us next time.